When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to this live episode of the Claret and Blue podcast, a bonus episode, you might call it, as we've made another sign in, James. Another one's through the door at last. Yeah, yeah they, they, don't, they don't stop, mate. Like, it's getting uh, frustrating now how many signings Villa are making. I'm getting really right. annoyed with it. You know what, as well, we're also always on edge all day. Like, oh, is this the day we make an announcement? Is this the day? Because if we do, we're going to have to go live. Um, as always, when we make a signing these days, we get the, the lowdown on the player from some of the opposition. We had Matt Davis from Nottingham Forest talk about Matty Cash. We had Billy the Bee, not the mascot, talking about yeah. Ollie Watkins. And today we're joined by Art de Roche, brilliant name, by the way, um, from Football London to talk about Emiliano Martinez. So... James, do you want to kick us off? What do you want to ask? What do you want to find out? With it? Obviously, we sit here and we can, we can look at his Wikipedia page and guess, but we've got an Arsenal fan here, an Arsenal writer. What, what do we want to know about him? Well, the first thing, first things first, let's sell it straight. Uh, do you think that he would have went for 20 million this time last season, Art? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think by the, firstly, by the laugh, you probably got the answer. But yeah, I don't think uh, this time last year, Martinez would have... Uh, commanded a fee that high but um, especially with his performances after the restart I think Arsenal were well within their rights to demand that much and I don't think that Villa are overpaying with that fee even if they wouldn't have paid it last year I think um, this past season Martinez has proven that he can perform consistently in the Premier League and um, that's that's what Aston Villa are getting and I think they, they would have been happy to pay that fee and Arsenal are happy to receive that same fee. There's a lot of comments coming through already saying how much of a great sign this is. A lot of happy Villa fans in the comments. People are saying that Arsenal fans aren't happy. Obviously, you've got 20 million, but you're, you're sad to see this guy go and looking through his Wikipedia page. He hasn't made that many appearances for Arsenal. So why, why are you so upset to lose this guy? Yeah, well, I think um, what comes into it as well is the fact that uh, he he was so impressive last season is just his journey overall because yeah. uh, he, he joined the club in 2010. He's been there for 10 years. And um, especially in the build-up to the FA Cup final, he spoke about how difficult a decision it was to actually join Arsenal because he didn't want to just leave his family in Argentina who weren't very well off. And coming to Arsenal was a big risk for him. And the fact that after 10 years, it paid off with that FA Cup win and, of course, the Community Shield win as well. Uh, I think he's a player Arsenal fans really took to, especially in the last year uh, under Mikel Arteta. And that, as well as the fact that he was uh, such a key performer when he came in for the injured Bernd Leno last season, uh, those two aspects, I think, are are two things that have hurt Arsenal fans with with the transfer, but I think uh, they will all respect his decision as he did prove that he, he's able to be a number one. And 
at the moment Arsenal can't guarantee that with Bernd Leno at the club. So um, it's a painful one, but Arsenal fans will respect his decision. I think there's a lot of talk about his character. Um, I mean, you would probably have more insight than us about what type of bloke he is. So who is Martinez? I mean, we know he's a goalkeeper, but what type of person is he? Just before you answer, the, the memory I can think of, the, the memory, only happened a few weeks ago, is after the FA Cup, he's in tears in his post-match mm-hmm. interview. Like, you can yeah. see that he, you know, he's passionate. Um, yeah, I've, We've said this before on our podcast, it looks like we're finding good personalities as well as good players this time around, and that's obviously always a good sign. Yeah, I think that's another reason why Arsenal fans would be so kind of pain, painful in terms of letting him go is the fact that he, he has been a really good character at Arsenal. And uh, you mentioned the FA Cup uh, final. He, he was also like FaceTiming his family on the side of the pitch while everyone else was celebrating in the dressing room. And I think uh, that's probably one of the... It, there is a picture of, of it out there, him uh, sat on the avatar. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably one of the best pitches from the day. Uh, but aside from that, he's at, I, I didn't realise it until an interview done recently, but he's the way he approaches football is so mental as well. Not not as a mental crazy, <laughs> but like just the mental uh, approach to uh, his game is very high because he's spoken about kind of uh, like red and blue kind of decision-making stuff like that, where I I hadn't even heard of that before he spoke about it, but it was all about basically staying focused on a specific uh, side, red or blue, and keeping <laughs> keeping um, focused on the immediate uh, needs uh, rather than thinking about stuff that won't really improve his performance on the day. Um, I'll try and dig it out and find it for you guys. But, um, yeah, I think in terms of the person you're getting, you're getting someone who is going to be extremely determined to perform for Aston Villa. And um, that's probably going to be just as important as his uh, more tangible qualities, like his his uh, reflexes, shot stopping and stuff like that. I was going to say, what do you think his best footballing quality is? I think concentration. If that... Okay. If that if I if I can use that, I'd yeah, say that. Uh, because that's what Villa need. That's yeah. not, not our downfall. Just lack of concentration in the yeah. defence, leading to silly mistakes. Because I, I was at I was at the Brighton game where he replaced uh, Burnt Leno, and um, I think even though Arsenal lost the game, he he stood out as someone who really impressed on that day. Uh, I think within seconds of him coming onto the pitch, he had to uh, save. Uh, kind of flashed Aaron Moy uh, volley and he saved it comfortably both hands no no bounce <laughs> and um, and then he just kicked on from there really I think uh, he's proven to stay sharp in uh, throughout games I remember uh, his first start at Southampton um, uh, Arsenal were winning 1-0 but Southampton was still having some chances and he was keeping Arsenal in the game and then that proved important because Arsenal went on to score the second goal just before full time and you you also see that with uh, outstanding save he made against Liverpool in the Premier League win at the Emirates uh, very late on in the game of, as well uh, where he almost stretched to his full full uh, full length <laughs> to to make 
make a save in the dying seconds to secure the 2-1 win for Arsenal. So I think concentration is a key one, but also, um, like I mentioned before, his distribution is also um, a side to his game that I think Aston Villa fans will enjoy because um, even though uh, there there may be times where you may not want him to play short, um, he's confident enough to do it uh, after a mistake is made. I think we saw that in the Community Shield uh, where he tried to play short to David Luiz. David Luiz panicked because it was literally his first game back after one training session. But um, one minute later, he, he went short to Rob Holden and that's what led to Arsenal's opening goal on the day. So um, that is something I think uh, that sets him apart as well. How is he at kind of organising the defence? Because that Arsenal defence, I mean, it's full of characters, right? You've got David Luiz, you know, for one, leading it. And, uh, you know, you've got Mustafi and everyone. who probably got their own opinions on how the defence should be organised. So Martinez coming in, not even like the senior guy. How was he organising that defence post-lockdown? Was he vocal? Or did he let them do their own thing? I want your thoughts on that, Art. So uh, in terms of that, it's quite interesting because I wouldn't say it was just one voice organising um obviously at in games uh, post lockdown you can hear the players a lot more and the managers a lot more uh emmy's was a voice that you could hear throughout the game but you could also hear rob holding organizing the defense and david louise really did step up even though i know um fans uh, across the premier league may may see him as a bit of a suspect <laughs> defender um he was actually one of the leaders of the defence and Martinez did play a role in that. Uh, but um, in that, there were also instances where um, you could hear Mikel Arteta actually instructing him through games, um, w- which would have been just as important to his uh, improvements. And um, of course, it's not just going to be him on his own. And I think probably Dean Smith is going to do the same as Mikel Arteta. But that's not to play down Martinez in any way. It's just that um, he he is able <laughs> of being a vocal leader, but it's not just going to be down to him. And I think you've got Tyrone Mings at centre-back. He's going to be another uh, important uh, part of your guys' defence next season. So it's going to be a joint effort, not just Martinez, I think. Yeah, I'm also quite intrigued, James, to see how Neil Cutler develops him. So you look at Martinez, he's been been around Arsenal quite a while, he's had a few loan spells. He must be in his you know, early to mid thirties. He's only twenty eight. It's a great age for a goalkeeper. So Neil Cutler started last season off at uh, age twenty six because it was a mad one, wasn't it? It stretched oh, yeah. so long. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's crazy. We all know how, how well Neil Cutler's done with our goalkeeping department over the last couple of couple of seasons. I'm intrigued to see, you know, what Emmy Martinez looks like in two or three years and hopefully still with Aston Villa, of course. Your fingers crossed. Um, Neil Cutler, of course. Um, I think from what we read of him, quite a progressive goalkeeping coach. And he had the project yeah. in Nyland, which probably hasn't greatly worked out, as uh, everyone thought it might, because we're buying a new goalkeeper for one. He get better, though. Yeah, he did, but like not to the point where you're not spending £20 million on a new keeper. So I think, to put you on the spot, Art, is he worth that money then, to get a final worth £20 million worth every penny? Yeah, I'd say so. I think from what he showed... Um, last season, and no, <laughs> that's not a lot to go off, uh, considering he was at Arsenal for 10 years. But, um, I think what was key was he he didn't put a foot wrong in any match he played. 
I don't think any Arsenal fan was uh, at any point discouraged by what they saw when he came into the side. Uh, early on in the season, it was a bit more difficult for him because he was playing in the Europa League and that's not consistent. Uh, that's not consistent minutes, really, because yeah. you're playing every other week. But when, when he got that run of games, he was ready to come in and he, he proved himself worthy of either a starting place at Arsenal or a move to to um, another side because he he himself put himself in a position of strength going into this summer. And I think Arsenal understood that. And Aston Villa and Dean Smith had to have understood that as well to, to pay £20 million for him. I've got a question that's for both of you. I imagine you'll come at it from, from different angles. Obviously, James, as an insider of Villa. Does this would this uh, sign and go down as a statement of intent? I know that's a cliche that always rolls out when a transfer goes through. But you look at from the outside looking in, Aston Villa pull Arsenal goalkeeper in for twenty million, who was starting games, and you look at that and think Ooh, that's a good bit of business by Villa. Good for Arsenal first because he, he's the he's the important person here. <laughs> okay. I'd say um, I wouldn't one hundred percent go with statement of intent because. Uh, with the way Martinez's situation played out, he was always looking for a guaranteed number one spot and he couldn't get that at Arsenal. Mm. Even though he was the number one last season after Burnt Leno was injured, Burnt Leno was always going to come back and there was going to be a struggle between them. Arteta did say it was a problem that he he would have liked to have. But um, I think if if Martinez couldn't get that number one spot at Arsenal, it would have been... Uh, the best decision for him to move on anyway, even if it wasn't Aston Villa. That being said, I do think Aston Villa moved really smart, smartly to get him. And um, it should be a sign in that, that breeds confidence for, for Dean Smith and Aston Villa fans across Birmingham. Yeah, I think it's not like a statement. It's just like plugging that gap. I mean, do you want, did you, did Villa fans want to trust, you know, going five, six, seven, if, if Heaton's injury extends the eight, nine games without, a starting goalkeeper, someone you number one. So you buy Martinez, he's got 28 now, you've got years left of him, four-year contract, I'm happy with it. It's not a statement, statement, is it? It's not your uh, your Ollie Watkins record signing. It's, it's just making that hard. I know even then, uh, is Watkins a statement? It's, it's what Villa needed. They, they probably do need a goalkeeper, so it fits really, doesn't it, Dan? Yeah, it's weird because you know we go back six to eight weeks or however long back you want to go, and we're linked with goalkeepers, and we're sitting here going, "Oh, do we really need a goalkeeper?" You know, Tom Heaton only missed a couple of games; we'll probably be all right. And then when a signing of the caliber of uh, Oli Martinez, Emmy Martinez comes up, it's a, it is a no-brainer, isn't it? I think we'd all agree that Martinez is who you would pick over Tom Heaton, and that, I'm a big Tom Heaton fan. I, I'm still happy with that signing, and having him as a number two competing for the shirt is a it's a strong position to be in, considering how many. You know, dud goalkeepers we've gone through essentially over the last few years so massive massive sign I think and, and, and very very happy Yeah so it's no re- reflection is it uh, that kind of Martinez wasn't able to get that number one shot because it's always like Leno is going to come back and maybe take it so it's no reflection on his abilities it's just the way the cookie crumbles I guess at Arsenal Yeah I, yeah, I'd have to say yeah it's no reflection on Martinez's ability at all because uh Arteta was really impressed with him last season. And I think uh, if he had an ideal situation, he would have kept him to battle for that number one spot with Bernd Leno. But I just think at this stage in Martinez's career, he's proven that he was able to fight the fight at Arsenal. 
and get a, a number one spot and prove himself and win trophies as well. I think that's that's a key thing here. Um, so he's proven himself at Arsenal. It's just the fact that he wanted uh, to be in a position where he knew he was going to be the number one keeper at 28 years old as well, which is a great age for a goalkeeper. We all know that their, their careers extend past the early 30s kind of stage for what outfield players have. So yeah. I think um, in terms of his, uh, it, it was more what he wanted rather than what Arsenal wanted. But I yeah. think Arsenal, especially considering um, there's still three, three-ish weeks left in the transfer market with uh, other business uh, to do potentially, um, then that, that was also probably a deciding factor in letting Martinez go with Bernd Leno as the number one. Yeah, I think just to, to summarise on, on Martinez, because as I said earlier, me and Matt have done a, a podcast where we've kind of looked through Villa's best 11 and, and that'll be out tomorrow. Um, it's one of those signings in football that works out for every party. It doesn't usually happen. Arsenal get 20 million for their effectively second choice goalkeeper. Emmy Martinez gets to go and play first team football still in the Premier League after having won trophies with Arsenal. Probably gets double his wages. I saw reports that he was only on 25 or 30k or something at at Arsenal, so even if he's given 60, that's still pretty low, really, considering the rest of the squad. Um, and Villa get their, their first choice man in as well, so it's one of those rare occasions where pretty much everyone's coming out of the transfer happy, aren't they? Apart from the Arsenal fans. <laughs> yeah, I think um, for the parties involved, aside from the Arsenal fans, yeah, it was a, a, a good deal for all, I think. Yeah, yeah nice one. So, Art, we'll, uh, we'll let you go. Thanks for joining us for, for 17 minutes on, on Facebook Live. Um, you've written an article as well, haven't you, for, for Birmingham Live that I've seen, if you want to give that a cheeky plug. Uh, yeah, that, that went out um, maybe an hour or so ago. Just a, a quick uh, piece on what Aston Villa are getting with Martinez, and um, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, I should, I think I'm going to work on a more in-depth one on what Arsenal are losing. <laughs> later on this afternoon but yeah that that's that's up on Birmingham Live at the minute so hopefully you guys enjoy it nice one thank you very much Art we'll, we'll let you thank go you, and uh, we'll, we'll do the uh, the cruel thing of just removing you from the call <laughs> <laughs> I don't deserve that do they uh, like, no so one deserved brutal. that mate. especially Art uh, really did not deserve the uh, brutal drop uh, Billy the Bee as well after like 15 minutes just going on on Watkins like full information just pure you know undiluted information it's like see ya that you were happy to get rid of Matt Davis when we were talking about Matt no Davis. no I said, I said Matt Billy okay, um, I was going to say Ollie Watkins there. We, did, we, we have not had Ollie Watkins on the podcast we're speaking about Ollie Watkins for a long time no Art as well he didn't deserve that it's cruel yeah. isn't it that was uh, very interesting. It's, it was always nice to hear the opposition side of things when when we can find someone to to join us who will happy happily take our stupid questions. Like, are you are you sad to lose this player? Obviously, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Let's talk about the, our goal kit, goalkeeper situation then for a few minutes. If, anyone, if anyone's got any questions, we are live on Facebook and YouTube at the moment. Um, uh, you know, send your questions and we'll answer them. The rest of the goalkeepers, James. That's five now that Villa have: Martinez, Heaton, Neeland, Steer, and Kalinic. What yep. happens to, to probably two of those five? I assume Heaton is obviously staying because of injury contract situation. We bought him last year, so that one's gone. He's, he'll be he'll be competing for the starting spot, no doubt in my mind. But he's yep. injured, so we're removing from the conversation. Nyland and Kalinic, I think it's I think 
Nyland's a you can sell. I think Villa can probably make a profit on him again. It's like Gilbert. I don't know how much he came in for. It must be one to three million. Yeah, I assume five million would be fair. He's a better player than what we bought. Very clearly, he's developed not to the extent we maybe thought, but you can sell him on. Uh, Jed Steer is a tough one. I'm, we're all emotionally attached to Jed Steer. Besides, you, there's been a few comments while we were chatting there saying people saying they feel sorry for Jed Steer. Do you feel that sympathy, or are you of the mindset that football is ruth, ruthless and that's just the way it goes. Yeah, I remember. So Jed Steer is an odd one because I remember seeing him when I used to work in town, like get the cross um, cross city train back. He used to be on it a few times from the Christmas market. I don't think like now he couldn't do that because people know him. Like he's a villa, like he's full intents and purposes a villa hero, right? For his performances yeah. uh, in that playoff run, like as well as most of that team, you know, Adoma Abraham. We recall him fondly, but Steer's still here, and he's not getting probably the games he deserves. He's not getting the chance. You know, before, you know, in between us winning the playoffs and uh, going into the Premier League, there was talk of Scotland international appearances, stop them claiming him. So it's just, it's just, it's sad that he deserves a start. I think it's the same with like Kalinic. Kalinic is clearly, or he was all, all right, and then whatever happened, happened, and he's not been able to get into the team. Yeah. He's got to go elsewhere, get his starts. We've got, it's weird how many quality, might be not Premier League quality, but fine goal keepers we've had that we, we can't use. Um, Nyland's probably not going to be a Premier League starter for us. Jed Steer probably isn't. Kalinic definitely not. So when we're talking goalkeepers, it's just going to be um, Heaton and uh, Martinez with Steer maybe as the third choice because Sarkic is gone as well. So it's yeah. crazy. Steer's the weird one because he's definitely too good to be third choice. Arguably, I'm not sure whether he's Premier League starting quality, to be honest. Um, I think we've probably got a bit of a, like you said, a bit too much of an emotional attachment to think. Maybe maybe we don't know. To interrupt, we don't know because Martinez was killing it at Reading and then he's not starting for Arsenal. And you're never going to know. And you have to go the the, the hand you want to play. And that's Martinez, who's clearly done it at Premier League level, comes in full of confidence, ready to go. And it's like, from what I see with him, it's the same as Heaton. It's like Heaton, Manchester United Academy, getting loaned around. Maybe he developed a bit earlier than Martinez, right? Martinez was 28, but that's a weird season. He would have developed at 26 had it carried on and, and went through. But Heaton had to be shipped out on loan. He won't get in those starts until he found a place. So yeah. maybe Heaton's Burnley, Martinez Villa. Like maybe that's how it works. But yeah, Steers an odd, sad, weird one, isn't it? Not him. He's not odd, sad, and weird. The situation. Yeah. I think it's one of those, isn't it? If Tom Heaton is number two this season and then thinks oh, I can get a number one spot somewhere else in the Premier League and leaves next year, Steer can then become second choice and he's probably happy with that if Villa is still a Premier League side. But he might think, you know what, I'm better than second and third choice. I can I can go and get a move somewhere as well. So Steer's the mm-hmm. strangest option there. Kalinic, yeah, absolutely no chance of a future at Villa. Neyland, like you said, if you can get a couple of million for him, you'd ship him on as well. And then you've you've been left with three very good goalkeepers there. Uh, yeah. In Martinez, Heaton, and uh, and Steer was the third choice. Steer, it's difficult, isn't it? Does Steer then become the cutkeeper, and and Heaton does nothing all season? I saw, I saw this weird conversation. It's like you have one and two, so you have Martinez and Heaton battle for number one, and Steer's the cupkeeper. And I'm thinking, surely the guy not starting in the Premier League games yeah. wants to be starting in the cup. That's cups. what I mean. So what is Tom yeah. Heaton just going to twiddle his thumbs doing nothing while Jed Steer plays in the League Cup and Martinez plays in the yeah. Premier League? It's it's a that strange. Makes Steer, that makes Steer yeah. second choice then, doesn't it? Yeah, like it's odd. Um, the thing is, the big 
um, variable here is obviously Heaton's injury, how bad it yep. is, if he comes back as the, the same player with the same energy, the same fitness levels, the same body condition. It's all you've got all these things to consider that are, you know, that's, that's such a higher pay grade than we're at. It's that you're getting into sports science and stuff there. So look, you've got to wait and see. I think Villa have put themselves in the best position possible with a new coach. I know it's not what everyone wanted to see, but it's putting themselves in the best position possible, really, isn't it? You saw a weakness at goalkeeper and you've acted on it. There's a question here from Envy My Pancakes. Great <laughs> name. He says, Where will we finish? Or she, where will we finish? Be honest. We did a Premier League predictions podcast, me and Matt. So we've got our uh, numbers down, which will be in an episode prob- probably Thursday, possibly Friday now, because we've had an episode yesterday. We've had this one today. The, the content does not stop. Yeah. Um, so where do you think they'll all finish this year, if you're being right. honest? I think. The low bar would be 15th, the high bar yeah. maybe 12th, 11th. And I think, yeah. depending on how... You've seen the quality in the, the Premier League already, our leads going at Liverpool straight from the off. Um, and the, the signing... There's uh, a lot of loving for Leeds that everyone's raving about. To I mean, be fair, everyone says that every year, don't and I know they had a wobble two years ago, but last season, straight no, away. I don't mean specifically Leeds because they've fallen apart yeah. in the past. I mean, that style of football being so high, high press and energetic, can you sustain that over 38 games? Have to wait and see. Like, the questions get answered. Don't I mean Norwich started strongly against Liverpool, and I think they fell heroically to Liverpool at the yeah. start of last season. So, look, you got to wait and see. But the quality in the Premier League, I feel, is at a higher level. So, if you're talking 15th and 11th, there might be like even just three or four points separating those places, even from the relegation zone. So, I don't think your finishing position, even if it's like 17th again, is a reflection on how poor or good you've been because it could just be a good Premier League season hopefully not like last season which was yeah. a bit awful down the bottom I think Villa kick on 15th 12th I'll be happy with, I'll be happy I don't care about position I'll be happy if we're not talking about relegation uh, as late as May yeah spot on totally agree um, Stacey says do we need another central midfielder now this is one again me and Matt have talked about so I don't want to kind of fumble over myself but this depends on whether you see Jack Grealish as a central midfielder or a wide left player <sighs> I think there was a conversation, wasn't there, that he had with um, the chairman and the owners about what position, you know, is, is the, obviously in the talks he had about Villa's future to sign a new contract, what's my position? I feel he wants to be the central midfield player and I feel he'll get there. He'll get into that attack, those attacking central positions. Uh, in the meantime, though, he's that is clearly damaging on that left wing and he's he's a massive factor for Villa on that. He's not a winger, but on the left, he's you know fantastic there. So hopefully he moves back into the centre, but we'll, we'll wait and see because, again, we didn't play, see McGinn play yesterday yeah. at all and that's a massive factor. Henry Lansbury will probably be going somewhere else, massive factor, and the Campbell won't be playing games. Louise will be coming in. We'll have to see how the squad develops. I do think a box-to-box midfielder is key, but then that probably puts McGinn as your attacking central midfield player you box the box midfielder and then Louise and that's Grealish yeah. on the wing. So I think you, you, you'd need another midfielder just to have those skill sets because I don't know, is Harahan a, um, a, a box to box midfielder? He seems to be all over the place in terms of his qualities, um, can play from deep, Is uh, can be a number 10, he can be all sorts. So maybe having that defined in a new signing later on, well, I'm, I'm farming that. Yeah, I think it also depends on winger acquisitions, mm. doesn't it? The one that looks to be next to the door, if you believe reports, had a medical uh, yesterday, I think, was Bertrand Traoré. Again, I said on the podcast we did this morning, I've forgotten he was at Chelsea. <laughs> 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 he got, I got shipped out to Vitesse with the rest of their lone army. Um, yeah. Good on FIFA, is what people on Twitter are saying. Very quick. <laughs> it's um, so what sticks out about FIFA, 
is um so this is means nothing right this is just fifa but what sticks out is he's got one star weak foot which is like extremely he's he's wow. all the dominant foot like all of it, it he's, he's one footed uh so that's extreme that's just a, like a rarity it's just a funny oddity to speak about um is a lot of twi- footed right winger or is it the other way around Put me on a spot, man, because I haven't, I haven't, I didn't know we'd be speaking about Traora. I'm pretty sure I've seen someone say that Rashidsta is a right-footed left winger, and Traora is a left-footed right winger. Or it's the other way around. I mean, actually, so 91 percent of the time he's using his left foot and he's playing okay. on the the, uh, the right. Okay, so he's a left-footed right winger. He's very one-footed. He's going to want to cut in a lot. Um, same as Jack Grealish on the left side with a with a right foot. Um, he seems to be the next one through the door, like I said. Do you think we need another winger as well as him? Or is it just the one winger we're after, in your opinion? And you're happy with Jack playing wide? If you want your um if you want Grealish to be in the middle, I feel like you do need uh, after our guys' performance against Burnley. Yeah, you need to. You need to. Like um you can't Trezeguet stepped up and I think our guys he's, he's really good. You know, we've seen him be really good and he's just not not it's just answers. Yeah, and it's 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 frustrating. He needs a competition. He can't be starting games in the Premier League. I don't think if he's going to perform like that, and that's no yeah. offense to him because he's clearly quality. But if he's going to perform like he did against Burton Albion when he's got chances, and I know he could have been played through on, but you know the chances there to run out of defensive league one defense that's sitting back like in a deep block and he's not doing anything. It's all relying on Grealish and Watkins and even Ramsey and Lansbury to do things. So, yeah, yeah. frustrating. I'd, if it, if it's Rashidza and Traor, I'd go for sh- both of them. Traor, right, um, perf- overperforming his expected goals, clearly finishing. Maybe he's, yeah, leaning on that one foot too much, but his game time um, decreased. I think there was talk about him probably not performing to what Leon would expect. Um, maybe formation change. So his playing time decreased, so he wasn't scoring as many goals as he did when he first joined. But look, um, clearly at a higher level and Villa, where Villa was shopping before, right? So it's if it smacks to me, similar to the Trezeguet thing. You see a player performing, that's your market you can buy in. Trey already the same. It's just like an upgraded Trez, really. Yeah, like I said, if you play Jack left wing, you only need one winger because Elgar's in Trezeguet become your backup. If you're moving Jack back into the central of midfield, though, you don't want to be starting games with Trezeguet or Elgarzi this season, no. in my opinion. You, your recruitment has failed, if that's the case, because you, you should have spotted you needed two wingers. Um, the final point I want to end on before we leave this lunchtime is the perception of the fans of the club that we're buying from. Now, yeah. we just had Art on, obviously, Arsenal fans sad about Martinez leaving, and we're taking stock of that, going, well, he must be good because Arsenal fans are sad to lose him. Whereas we look at Leon fans happy to get rid of uh, Traor, right? And we're all going... Oh well, he must be rubbish then. Can those two things both be true, or can we just blank out one and ignore the other? Look, like we'd be like if if Lansbury went to win the championship and we were like, yeah, good riddance, and he put up like a, a decent performance, like we know he could do anyway. Like it's no reflection. It's like Scott if Scott Hogan goes to Blues and yeah. scores ten, eleven goals, it, he didn't work for. We didn't give him the chance to work for us, and he weren't going to work anyway because he was a system player. He worked at Blues last season, and he probably will this season. It's no reflection. Leon, I remember like this is going way back, but when we swapped Carew, people were saying we had our pants pulled down, like for yeah. and like maybe that was the case in the immediate deal. Like Barosh, whatever. I, I can't really remember too much about his time at Villa because I was still pretty young. But Karu, yeah, we know Karu. Like we, you only need to say John Karu, and you see all what he did. So you know, I leave it there, man. It's no what fans think. He goes into a distant, different system, a different role at Villa. It's 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 incomparable. Yeah, like you said, the the comparison with us letting go of a player that we're not happy with is 
is what you take from it, isn't it? Like you said, if yeah. we're happy to get rid of Henry Lansbury and then he goes to QPR and smashes it, QPR will be buzzing with that. And then they'd be sad yeah. to see him go if he left. Likewise, we could be sad about Jed Steer leaving and he could go somewhere and be awful. What we think of the time he spent at our club is irrelevant to the rest of his yeah, career. Yeah, it really doesn't work. Because you're, you're only thinking about a, an immediate future that you're aware of. Like It's yeah. like James Chester, Stoke, he goes to Stoke and everyone's like, he's going to be great. Probably isn't. He probably didn't. I know. I know for a fact he didn't do as well as he did at Villa because it's Stoke and they performed badly yeah. um, last season. He was a part of that, so that's just how things work. James Chester, I hold him in the highest regard of Villa defenders that I've ever seen play for the club. You know what I mean? Like in terms of defensive footballers, he's one of my favourites. Like personally, I know that I'm not going to bring out stats and compare him to McGraw or whatever. In terms of the players I've seen at Villa, I hold him in the highest regard. Yeah. That doesn't work out, Stoke. That it doesn't. Football does not play like that at all. It's a good kind of immediate snapshot, isn't it, to the reaction of a transfer that oh, the the fans are happy or sad to let them yeah. go. So that means this for now, but that doesn't reflect on what they're going to offer the team. So yes, Leon fans might be happy to get rid of him. They might accept uh, fifteen million euros, whatever the deal is reported to be, and Villa get an amazing player on the hands for for the level and the system that we play him at. So. Yeah, really matter, it's a Champions League team as well, isn't it? It's a team that got like got knocked out in what the was it the semis? That, uh, you know. I think so, yeah. So they have, their expectations are way different. It's it's like saying we got um a bench player from Man City and everyone's like, oh, yeah, whatever. And like he's he, he he does fine for us. So not even a bench player reserve from Man City and I was paying fifteen odd million for him. Yeah. Everyone's like, Yeah, whatever, you nothing player and he turns it around for us. So look, you, the the judgment is after the season. Like yeah. if we before Same lockdown Yeah, if we'd have said Trezeguet was a terrible signing, like um before lockdown, then he's there's an improve a clear improvement in uh, performances and quality and you see all the kind of all the hard work he's put in pay off and maybe he isn't the world's best signing, but you can certainly see how it changed in a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a good reasoned, sensible point to end on. Um, just before we go, because I've, I've got to mention it because I can't not because we mentioned it off air and I have to bring it up. Uh, I said before we started, oh, do you like the, the new background? I've got these these posters up on the wall. This one's from Art of Football that I've had ages. And this <laughs> one is from uh, HR Designs that they sent me and we're doing a competition prize for this one. So uh, stay tuned to our Twitter at Claret Blue Pod to find out how you can win one of these. And you said, yeah, nice background. And then you said, you've been basically bullied on Twitter because it looks like you live in a dungeon <laughs> in your room. So I can't have that window and the sun is just going through it. So it's like you I, you wouldn't be able to see me if I opened that. It would just be a gl- white glare. You should open so, it to prove people wrong. I don't want to do that now because I've got a slight... No, no, it's not no, happening now. I'll, I'll put myself big screen. You go and open that and, pr- and show people why you can't have that blind open. So I've seen comments say, James must just live in a... He must like living in the dark. But it is very bright, to be fair. Come on, James, come back. Let's see ya. Oh, yeah. See, this is why. This is the dungeon. Now it is a dungeon. So thank you for that. But it was like, <laughs> so someone said, like, it was when I, I found something out about it, like, uh, I can't, like that little, little snippet of information. I shared it. It's like James Brushton doesn't do nothing. The Birmingham man just let him write a few articles sometimes. <laughs> and oh. His mate to let him on the podcast. <laughs> like Excellent. you're talking to the social engagement producer of the, like the entire. Oh, all right. So I don't need to go <laughs> I think it's basically the camera is trying to expose that very bright light and makes sure the rest of your room dark. If you block that window with your head now, you'd bright, yeah. you'd brighten up again, but you can't sit like that for the episode. I wasn't even picking myself up there. I'm just saying, I'm on the payroll, you know. What I mean? <laughs> 
Oh, good stuff. Um, yeah, always got to end one of these with a bit of nonsense. Mate, what you need to do is get like a get one of these nice posters or something back up on the wall so people have got something to look at. I had a so, Halo, I had a Halo one that I left up for, like, oh man, it was like Halo 3, like bad time. <laughs> oh, you've got to get bullied for that as well, don't you? <laughs> Um, right, we'll let you go back to your dungeon. Um, <laughs> thanks everyone no. for joining us this uh, Wednesday afternoon. I hope you've enjoyed this little bonus episode on, on what we can expect from Emiliano and Martinez. Uh, as I said, me and Matt did a massive bumper. We recorded for an hour and a half, but it'll probably be about an hour 15 uh, episode of Premier League Predictions, our Villa's Best Eleven, and we also talked a little bit about Burton Albion as well. Um, that'll be out either Thursday or Friday of this week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, like I said, thanks for joining us. We appreciate all your comments, all your questions and all your feedback. And uh, we'll catch you again in a few days. Up the villa. See you soon. Up the villa. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa. Up the villa.